0: to part three of our series called Christmas Songs. This, did you know that December has, we have like six services in December. Uh, every three months there's a fifth Sunday. So this is December that happens to have a fifth Sunday. And then you throw in Christmas Eve. And so like, I started doing the math and I'm like, how many parts of this series is there going to be? And so anyway, this is part three. Now that I got my head on straight, part three of a series called Christmas Songs, where we are taking a look at some of the traditional Christmas songs. Today we played a song in our worship set. The the song is called, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. But there's an incredible line in there that I love so much. It says, Oh come, let us adore him. And I remember growing up hearing this song as a Christmas song, but one time I was, um, I was at a church service, and, um, and it was a black pastor, and, and he decided that in, in the beginning of his message, he wanted to take a moment of worship. And sure enough, I didn't know what he was going to sing, but he started to sing, oh, come let us adore him. And it blew me away, because it wasn't December. I think it was summertime. And, and it was just this thought of like, wow, what an incredibly powerful little song set. Just a few verses, just a few words to put your heart and your attention, your affection onto God and to say, oh, come, let us adore him. And for me, that song, ever since I heard that pastor do that, it became not just a nice Christmas song, but every time I hear the words, oh, come, let us adore him, I think about worshiping God. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to your Bible Go to Matthew chapter 2, because I'm going to show you a story, and it's a story that you're all very familiar with. We're going to key in on just one specific aspect of this story about how these people show and and, and really model for us what true worship really is. Are you ready? If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 2, and let's start reading at the top. The Bible says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born king of the Jews. We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they all said, well, in Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what the prophets said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means... Least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So then Herod Herod called the Magi secretly and found found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I can go and worship him also. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route." This is a part of the Christmas story, isn't it? I mean, if you go to the, the living Bethlehem or the drive-through manger or the, you know, you just drive around, you eventually find somebody that's got a manger scene set up in their yard. It's all lit up. There's usually a barn. There's some cows. We have this in our, in our, um, on our uh, buyer place. We have like a little, because we have little kids in our house. And so I got like a little, is it little people? It's a little people version of the manger set. And my three-year-old plays with them, and she loves it. You know, and we busted out every year for the last several years now. And so you got, the, you got the whole barn thing, and we talked about that last week a little bit. And you got the cows and the donkeys and all this stuff. But how many know you got three dudes dressed in some weird outfits come rolling up on baby Jesus with gifts? And we refer to them as the three wise men. And, of course, we know that that's, they're really not three wise men. There's a bunch of wise men, we don't know how many they were, they just brought three gifts, but then we turned to that song, We Three Kings, and we just decided in our mind and we get stuck with, there's three wise men. There's a bunch of wise men, magi from the east, these, in essence, astronomers, they had seen the stars and realized, and for whatever reason, the way they studied the stars and the way they had seen history, they knew something incredible had happened and was coming, or was developing, and they knew, and they believed that it was the king of the Jews, because of where, and all the things, and there's a little bit of history behind there, and so they literally, they show up, and they have brought gifts to worship a baby. Now that's kind of strange, isn't it? Because we worship people, right? I and mean, we have movie stars and rock stars, and we have magazines de- dedicated to them, and we have TV shows dedicated to them, and we have all... We, we, we worship people, but these guys, they didn't show up to... And we do that with some people's babies, though, don't we? Don't we get stupid about people's babies? And they... how you many know, like, famous people name their kids weird names. Like Apple, and Sugar, and Little Beaver, and, you know, Little... Uh, They come up with weird names, and so we start getting the paparazzi, and we want to know and find out. This is so unlike that. This is authentic. This is genuine. This is real. And here's where you see them modeling for us what real, pure, and true worship really is all about. See, real worship, pure worship, true worship is free from ulterior motives. Because many of us, let's just be honest, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we worship because... We worship because of what God has already done for us, and that's a worthwhile reason to worship. There's nothing wrong with that. But how many know there's, there's a problem that you can fall into, because if you only worship God for what he has done for you, then what happens when he doesn't start doing the things that you think he ought to do, and you don't think he's done none for you, so he becomes the what have you done for me lately, God? So should we worship God just because of what he's done for us? Y'all can answer that. It's not a true question. No. Other of us, we, we do the opposite. Sometimes we worship God because we need something, right? Am I messing with y'all because this is real quiet up in here? Do everybody just feel sad because they worship because of God's goodness? No, it's, it's okay to do that. Just don't fall into the trap that that's the only reason why you worship. And you definitely don't want to fall into the, uh, the, the realm of, I only worship when I need. Now, when you need, you'll notice that you have a desperation about you. You pray differently when you need things, don't you? You, you sing differently. <laughs> Oh, you get them them crackly high egg yeah, I did you. you and you get. You get that desperation voice, the crackly voice, and you, 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 you're more apt and more likely to pray a little bit more, to, to talk to God more, to worship more, to sing harder. and so, so that you, Sometimes you worship because of what God's already done or because of what you need. And sometimes that's true. When we need God, I'm telling you, God wants you to press into Him. So it's not completely bad, but, but they're ulterior motives, aren't they? There's just something else going on. But see, Magi model for us what true worship is, and true worship doesn't have any other motive. Because that baby ain't doing nothing for them. Nothing. That baby hadn't taught a sermon, hadn't healed anybody, hadn't raised anybody from the dead, hadn't died for anybody, hadn't saved anybody, didn't spit in in the ground and make mud and and put it on the face and then blind eyes. Didn't do none of that yet. That baby couldn't pay them. That baby couldn't do nothing. As a matter of fact, if anything, that baby's going to keep them up late at night. That's going to create some dirty diapers, some sleep deprivation, some frustration. How many of y'all ever had A newborn. Talking about smell the top of its head. Yeah, well, give it a few hours. That smell wears off. And then they're crying and poop smells in the room. And so, yeah, I'm just saying that baby ain't doing nothing for you necessarily. If you know anything about children, if you ever had children, children are 100% completely dependent upon you, aren't they? All the women are like, mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, can't do nothing for themselves, can't feed themselves, clean themselves, take care of themselves in any way, shape, or form. And human beings are the worst. You know, of of all God's creation, human beings take the longest to grow to maturity so you can send them out on their own. You know, like, you know, like a fly, it's like 2.5 seconds, boom, they're gone, you know, you're on your own, because you only got 2.5 minutes to live, so you better hurry up. And, and. But, but kids, on the other hand, they're different. You know, we got we to gotta clean them and feed them and mop them up for a good few years. And then we got to train them to read and to walk and all this other stuff. And then, and then they act like stinking teenagers and got attitudes. Think they know everything. and they, I only know that because I, I was like that. And so, so my point is, is like this baby is not doing anything for these magi. And they come to give him honor. They come to bring gifts. They come to worship him. Not because of what he's done. Not because these men are probably old men. Not because of what they'll do for him. They'll probably be dead before Jesus ever even reaches the age of 30 when he starts his public ministry. So it's not for what he can do for them. They worship simply because of who he was. No ulterior motive. And this is where you find what true worship is really all about and what you see in this picture. Now, here's the deal. You're just going to have to walk with me. I'm going to say a whole bunch of stuff. I need you just to follow me as best you can. Everybody say, okay. Are, are you with me? This is where we find a glimpse and a picture of who God is. Because what God is, is God is so great and God is so big and God is so different that literally God has to dumb himself down. God has to condescend. God has to reduce himself. God literally has to strip himself of glory and majesty of all the things that he is that we don't ever even understand and wrap himself in human flesh just so that we can kind of get our minds wrapped around him. Because the only way a finite mind will ever understand the, the, the level of an infinite God and how amazing and different and wonderful he is, is if he, put it this way, if God did not choose to make himself known, you could never know him. If God didn't dumb himself down and condescend and reduce himself down, you'd still be trying to figure out what the sun God is and the river God. You'd still be trying to figure it all out. It is only because God has chosen to reveal himself. Because he, here's what you need to know about God. God is not the greatest thing in a class. God is in a class all by himself. Like God's not a thing that you can put your mind around and describe God with this and try to make him like this. God is in a class all by himself. Look at what he said in Deuteronomy. He said, you were shown, he's talking to Moses. He says, you were shown these things, meaning I had to show up and reveal to you these things that you couldn't have figured them out on your own. But you were shown these things so that you might know that I'm God... And besides me, there is no other. Like he's not, he's not like the head of a class or the top of a class. He's not, he's not a human that's a superhuman. No, no. He's in a completely different class all by himself. And so God has to reduce himself down. And So then you see the scriptures revealing who God is. And then there's parts where God is in the wind, but, but God's not wind. And then there's times that he's in the rain, but God's not rain. And there, there's sometimes that he's in the fire, but God's not fire. Is he? He's not any of those things. And so, so then you got to think, okay, well, I got to try. So, so, so I'm, I'm a prophet, but I'm a priest, but I'm a king. Um, but, but I'm like a lamb and a lion and a ram and I'm in a tent with a tabernacle and, and, but I'm not any of those things. So that doesn't work either <sighs> because no matter what you come up with, God is not that he's something other, which is why we came up with the word holy. Everybody say holy. So you know what God says? God says, I'm Holy. The word holy just means this, other. Like if you want to know what the word holy means, it's other. Meaning whatever you think I am, I'm the other. And I'm only trying to reduce myself down so that you can kind of get a glimpse and figure out that I am holy. Not only am I holy, but I'm above all things. I don't know if you know, this is the, the immutability of God, that he is first and foremost and he is above all things. Do you know that God made a creation but God's not subject to the creation. Does that make sense? Like he's above all. It's almost like, so Jeremiah says, you know what, God's like? God's like a potter. I mean, but he's not, but he's like a potter and he's got some clay and there's a wheel. And so what happens is, is God sticks the clay on the wheel and begins to, but God's not ever getting on the wheel. Does that make sense? He, he's outside of the wheel. So God creates things. God creates stuff like time. Everybody say time. Like God is absent and separate and different from time. God's not in time, He made time. Does that make sense? So He always stands apart from time. That's why you're trying to. God, will you show up in my situation? He's already there, because He's on time. He stands outside of time. He sees your past, your present, your future, all in one glance. He's the He's the king of the DVR. He just moved forward time, history, however he wants. He's got it all figured out because he's not, he made time, he is above time. Does that make sense? You not. Like, you're in creation, right? So you're a part of time. So God makes time, puts you in time and on time, and, and then he, and he gives you a lifespan called, you know, a lifetime, and then he, he comes into time to redeem you at the right time so that eventually he can pull you back out of time. So, so God's, not, God's not little like you and me. He's not confined to the thing that he created. So think about this. Everybody said, like, physics, well, you don't have to say the light part. There's the physics part. Yeah. So, like, we got things like physics. We have, like, laws, right? We have laws of gravity and laws of motion and laws of all these. So, like, God makes these things and you're subject to them, but God is not because he's what? He's, he's above all. So, for example, like, in just a mess with you, this is what he does. He goes, like, hey, check that. There's this thing called gravity, right? So, like, if you, you, go, you go up, you fall down. But I'm not like that. So I just walk on water. Just to let you know, I'm not subject to hey, hey, math. One plus one is What? Two, but yeah, give me some fish and some loaves. Watch what I'm gonna do. I'm not subject to your laws. Does that make sense? Like the Bible says, it's appointed unto one uh, to, to a man to die once, and then after that, the judgment. Like that's the, the law of life. But Lazarus, watch this. Lazarus, come out of there. Just to show you that there are time and laws and gravity and physics, and you are subject to the, but I'm not. Because I'm not in the head of the class. I'm in a class all by myself. That's where God is. And so God is a God of order and he created all these things, but he put you in them. Does that make sense? And so then, then we look at creation and we get confused because we think, well, well, God's in creation, but he is not creation. So like just to bust you, there ain't no mother earth. There's just an earth. Does that make sense? Like God is so great. You need to remember that when time, before he created time, he had to create space. Let me ask you a question. So in Genesis chapter one, verse one, the Bible says that in the beginning, what? God. Do y'all ever read the Bible? This is the very first verse. Like you got it. This is the first one. In the beginning, what? So in the beginning, God. And then God created. So here's the question. So so before God created anything, what was there? It was just God. So literally God is the fullness of all things. And God literally has to like like suck his gut just to make room for you. He has to make room for space and time to be created so that you can exist. Does that make sense? And so, so God says like, so even like the Bible, he starts talking about creation and life and all the things, and he, he actually sometimes defines what he's not. Like the Bible says God is not a man, that he should lie. So I need you to know like God's not, he's not a man. Like Jesus came to earth in the form of a man and was man and God, but that was just so you could get a glimpse of who God was. That wasn't because that's who he was. He just did that so that he could condescend for your behalf, does that make sense? And so, literally, this is this is how it works. God's not a man. He's not. That's Greek mythology, isn't it? Like Greek mythology is, is that there's supermen called gods, and they, of course, are limited in power and subject to other gods and other things, and they're still trying to figure out. That's not who God is. God is completely separate, and so He's not a man that He should. What's funny is, is He's not a man that He should lie. That's what the verse says, which is funny because He goes on later to say in 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 a similar situation like. I wanted to swear and make a promise. So I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I looked around and there was no one who I could swear by. So I'll just swear by myself. Meaning like when he looked around, there was so much nothing other than close to likened unto him. I'll swear by myself. Because like that's the only way God would ever be true to his word because nobody's going to keep him accountable, right? Do you have the power to keep God accountable? Like if God just decided to lie to you, what are you going to do about it? If God just decided I'm not going to be faithful, what are you going to do about it? You going to hold him accountable? E- exactly, how would you do that? So God said, I will keep my own integrity so I'll swear by myself because I'm not a man, and there's nothing like me. Does that make sense? This is God. I'm just trying we're just talking to, this is church. this Sunday morning. Can I talk about God? That's strange, huh? So, so he, here's another idea. The Bible teaches... Uh, that God is not powerful, but he is all-powerful. Does that make sense? Like, God's not strong. Did you know that? He's not strong. He is all-power. Like, let me put it like this. It doesn't require anything for him to do everything. It doesn't require him anything to do everything. Because he's not, it's not like God is just strong. No, no, he is all-power. See, like, God doesn't have to stretch He didn't have to work out. He didn't have to work. Like I pulled a muscle yesterday morning. I'm still in pain. I have like a pain right here. I couldn't even breathe a little bit yesterday. I pulled this weird muscle in here in my breath. (sighs) I think my wife was worried. Like, do I need to take you to a hospital? I'm like, no, I need to stop working out. So, so, so that's God. God has all power. He can literally do. The Bible says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. So God just thinks things and says things and sends forth ideas and words and they just happen. Free of strength. Does that make sense? Because it's not he's strong, he has all power. Does that make sense at all? Here, here's another one. God's not smart. God is all-knowing. Like, you, you, you're smart, but you had to figure that out though, right? Like, you had to learn and grow and think and, and, and take classes and try. God doesn't have to take a class, God does not think about things the way you and I think about things. Did you know that? Like He doesn't. Th- you know, nothing ever occurred to God. We that happens to us. Man, i sitting there the other day. You know what? It just dawned on me. It's never dawned on God. It never occurred to Him. He never thought something. I'm like, man, that'd be like the coolest idea, man. That is awesome. He is all knowing. He, he literally all things. This is His omniscience. This is again. He, So he says it in the Bible like this. So like a sparrow falls anywhere in the world. Poop, I knew about it. Like you, the number of hairs on your head. I got them. And you, the numbers of hair on your head. And you, you, there's not a lot to know, but I would still know if you had any. And so God knows, God knows all things. Some of us, God knows more about apparently. I'm in your world, just so you know. Pray for me. So God knows all things. Do you know God, God doesn't change or grow? That's why he says in Malachi, he goes, I am the Lord, I change not. The reason why God doesn't change is because if you could change, you could get better. And if you could get better, that means you're not best, but God is already best, so He cannot grow or change. That's crazy, huh? So God is not strong the way we're strong. God's not smart the way that we're smart. God doesn't, as a matter of fact, Isaiah says it like this Isaiah says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Just to give you a thought, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. The heavens. Everybody say the heavens. Like outer space is what that's referring to. So like we, we live in, in, on earth inside of a galaxy called the Milky Way. And the closest star to us is what? y'all are like so nervous. Everybody say the sun. Yeah, it's like class, like science class all over again. So the sun is the closest star in our galaxy, which is one of a a bunch of galaxies. And and so just to get to the sun, it's 93 million miles away. That's a long way, huh? You wish your relatives lived that far away sometime. You're like, I wouldn't have to visit them at Christmas time. And so 93 million miles away, give you an idea of like how far that is. If you got in your car, and it better be a comfy car, because it's going to be a long ride, and you were to drive 65 miles an hour to the sun, it would take you, listen to how many years it would take you, it would take you 163 years to get there. No bathroom breaks, no In-N-Out, no Chick-fil-A, no 7-Eleven, you got like the super hyped up electro car that doesn't require gas or refills, 163 years with no bathroom breaks. And that was just to get to the sun. Now, here's what's crazy. The farthest galaxy that we have figured out, check this out, 15 billion light years away. So the sun's 93 million. So, so, like, to get an idea of how not smart we are and how infinite his knowledge is, on your best day, your thought is about 15 billion light years farther away from God's That makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? So here, let me just, let me just wrap up because i gotta, I got to close eventually. Because if I keep talking about God, it's going to take a while. But I said all that just to get this point. God doesn't need you. And thanks for coming to church this morning. <laughs> yeah, God, God doesn't need you. Did you know that? Like God, God, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Don't be all hurt up in here talking about Jesus loves the little children Todd no 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 I didn't say he didn't love you I say he don't need you if God is all powerful and God is all knowing if God is, is omnipresent like do you know God doesn't go places he's just already there he just shamas is the Hebrew word. He's just present. He's there, and so and, and what's funny is, is he's there in different ways. How I many you know like he can be there in a certain way, but then show up in a different, in a tangible way, in a unique way. So, so anyway, God, 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 the fullness of all that God is. Do you know that God doesn't need you? Because think about it like this. How I many you know the Bible says that God is love. That's one of His attributes as far as core of who He is. This is what makes the Trinity so beautiful. Is that even before time and space began, do you know what God was then? He was still love. Because inside of the Trinity, he was perfectly satisfied and perfectly fulfilled just in and of himself. Like, turn to the Holy Spirit, buddy. I love you, man. Holy Spirit, turn to Jesus, buddy. I love you. I don't know how that works in a cosmic level, but they loved each other. So like, like, but like, if there were no Trinity, then God was not loved. Because love, according to the Bible, requires some level of action. Right? And so God is completely self-satisfied, self-contained. He don't need you for nothing. Which begs the question, then why are you here? It's Because it doesn't need you. But he desires you. God desires you. Think about it. If he didn't need, because some people would say that, people are like, well, God created us so that he would have someone to love. As if like, he's this cosmic little boy who needed a puppy dog. And made something so he could love it and hang out with it. No, 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 no. God was already completely without need. The only reason... He doesn't need you. He purely and simply desires you. Not only that, when you think about how how God created you, did you know that you are the only one of his creation? This is what separates you from like, now I love, love animals and we should not try to hit squirrels in the road and we should try to help animals. And I'm not... But, like, you're different. Do you know that you are the only part of God's creation that is designed for wonder? Like, you ever seen something cool and be like, wow, that's so cool. Like, a bird's never done that. Birds never, like, reached to the peak of its height, looked at the beautiful landscape in the mountains of of Alaska or Yosemite or this or that, or or, or flown over the plains of the savannah and be like, wow, it's so beautiful. Birds never done that. We do that all the time, though. You know, like a little fish never went down into the depths of the ocean. It's like, man, that's deep down here. That's crazy. <laughs> Only you do that. You are designed. See, God is made to be worshiped. Do You know, human beings are not. You ever wonder why, why people of high, high, high celebrity status end up being incredibly dysfunctional people? Because you're not designed for worship. But people give them worship. They give them glory. They literally throw themselves and throw glory at these people. And it literally breaks down their brains. Because you weren't designed for worship. You were designed for wonder. God was designed for worship. And so this whole thing is not about you. This whole thing is all about him. Does that make sense? Let me put it like this. The reason why we worship is to make sure that it's always about him. Because here's where reality. And I love you. But if you don't show up, we're going to make it. If you don't show up, we'll be fine. If God doesn't show up, we should shut this whole thing down right now. So we are in absolute need of the presence of God. And we were designed to worship him. We were designed to sit in awe and wonder of who he is. Y'all want to hear something crazy? Hey, check this out. Do you know that we're talking about wonder and awe? Do you know that I mean, we talked about the Milky Way being the galaxy that we live in. Do you know that because of the invention of the Hubble telescope that we've discovered there are at least at least that we know of right now 350,000 galaxies? Do you know that for every acre in the Amazon rainforest there are 300,000 types of plants in one acre? Do you know that the average elm tree has 6 million leaves on it? Hey, did you know this? This is this is a killer. There are 225 distinguishable muscles in the head of a caterpillar. Which you just look at God and be like, "Man, you're showing off now." That caterpillar don't need 225 muscles. I need 225 muscles. Caterpillar don't. You're just showing off because you know what God is. God is infinite. God is without description. He is holy. He is uh, whatever you think you can dream up in your mind. He's something else he's other he's bigger he's greater he's grander he's more he's more majestic he's more one so we create a word in worship called hallelujah which just means this i can't even figure out how to say how awesome you are so i'll just say hallelujah which means thousands of praises and then the bible says that the angels who are in the presence of god still can't figure out the depths of who he is so for eternity bygone eternity have been sitting around singing what hallelujah 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 because even though i can give you thousands and thousands and thousands of praises i would still never get to the end of you when you look at all god's creation do you ever get to the end of it no when you go into outer space you know what they keep finding more because you can't get to the end of it all of his creation it's like it's like him carrying around a big bucket of water that's overflowing so when you just move it just stuff just keeps sloshing around and move because it just drops out and and it keeps getting bigger and more and fuller and so god says let there be light and he never said light stop so we're assuming it just kept on going so They're not even done finding all the galaxies, and that's just in outer space. And then you get into, like, inner space. So, like, you know, we used to think, well there's a body, but then the body is made up of cells, and inside of cells, well, the, when we found something called atoms, and inside of atoms we find, you know, l- little neurons, and electrons, and micromons, and, and other ons, and we, we, we just keep finding more junk down there, and then we, we look at the human body, and we find DNA, and we find all these little weird strands of DNA, and we're starting to figure that out, and we figured out that just inside of one single strand of one little piece, of one little chunk of DNA, literally has thousands of pages worth of information, and we still can't, we, we're going that way as far as we can go, and we can't find the end of god's creation and we're going this way inside of all of you and this, this is this you have people that spend their whole lives looking at stuff you ever notice how you ever watch discovery channel or some of the weird shows and they got people that are experts in 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 little things so like people like study the hand that's all their, their whole life is dedicated to trying to figure out the hand and all the or, or, or a, leaf. You got a leaf. You got leafologist and, and, and leaf university. You got, you got leaf people, and all they do is study the leaves, and, and they spend their whole time trying to figure out the, the, the leaf. Why? Because there is no end to the fullness of who God is. He. And you know what? Here, let me just. This is God's. Life. I'm awesome. I just want you to know that. Like, just in case you didn't know, I'm awesome. And I'm trying to show you that. I've made you for wonder and awe so that you could worship me. And here's the tricky part too. This is the trap door that you fall into. Is that God doesn't even need your worship. But he wants it. Let me, let me dumb this down as best I can and we'll close here. This doesn't compare but it's like, like I said, nothing compares. I'll just do my best. I have a three-year-old little daughter, her name is Caitlin, and she has curly brown hair and big brown eyes, and she is so fun and cute and, and rambunctious and lovable, and, and I, I, I love her, she's unique from my other kids, because she is like me in the fact that she is a, a physical touch person, she loves to hug and to squeeze and to nuzzle, you know what I'm saying, by nuzzle, they stick their face up in your neck and then just do things like that. And, 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 and I love it because I can mess with her and I can grab her and I can tickle her and I can squeeze her and I just, and I love it. And, 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 and I love just to be with her and, and to, to do all those things with her. And, and, and she loves it because there's times where she just knows. You know what she thinks about me? She thinks I'm awesome. She does. She thinks, I, she, she thinks, she probably doesn't think I'm strong. She probably thinks I'm all power. She probably doesn't even think I'm smart. She probably thinks daddy knows all things. Because you sneak on your kids, don't you? I do that. I sneak on my kids. And and my kids are like, How did you know that? I'd be like, I know everything. And I don't, but I lie to them. Because I want to make them think that I know everything for as long as I can. And so, and so so my daughter, my daughter, the other day, she's like, Daddy, hold me. And so I get down on my knees and I just hold her. And she goes, No, Daddy, that's not holding. You have to be standing. And, and I'm like, what is up with the standing thing? you just make me tired now because I'm not all powerful. I just lied to you about that. And so, um, so, so literally this idea of a child, which by the way, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like, is like a child. Looking up to their dad, looking up to their parent, and being in total awe of how big they are, how smart they are, how wonderful, how full of love they are, and then nuzzling in and soaking it in. Now let me, let me tell you real quick here. God forbid if I never had my daughter. Or something happened to my daughter. I, I'd, I'd survive. Man I don't want to. Because although I don't need her. I desire her. And and guess what? She needs me. And doesn't even know it. She doesn't even fully aware of how much she needs me. But she knows that she loves me. And she knows that I'm big. And that I'm awesome. And she nuzzles in. And there's this connection that happens. There's this relationship dynamic that happens. Because this is the trapdoor that we fall into. Is that God. Although Although he's invited you into worship, just because he wants you to worship, just because of how awesome he is, free of any ulterior motive, even when you get into his presence, you cannot walk away not feeling his fullness, not feeling his love, not being in his strength, not feeling his mercy, not getting all the things that are inside of him. And so God doesn't need you to worship him because he's like having an insecure moment. Like, man, I had a bad day, like the Middle East is bad, things in africa you know i could really use those people to worship me and just kind of build up my confidence today god doesn't need you he desires you and he longs for you to worship him so that he might connect with you so i want you to stand up on your feet this morning we're going to sing a song i don't want you to actually because not every week do we get to practice what we preach right if I tell you, you know, you need to forgive somebody, you got to go like work that out and then go find them. and go, You know what I mean? If I tell you to go be patient with your wife or your husband, you know, that, 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 yeah, good luck, but that's going to take some time. Today, when we talk about worship and we talk about the wonder and we talk, th- talk about all the greatness that is God, that he is holy, that he is other, right now, right now we get to practice what we preach. Right now we get to turn our affection, our attention on a really, really incredible God that is without description. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. In your own way and in your own words. We're going to sing a song. And Matt's going to begin to lead us in this song. And I want you to have a moment with God. And I want you to, when you're done having that private and personal moment. Where you just say thank God. And you tell God how wonderful. You tell God how awesome. Or you just, maybe you've never heard this before. And this is totally new. And this is a little bit weird. that's okay. Then just say, God, I recognize today that you're really big. And I'm really small. And I think I need you in my life. And start somewhere as we pray, as we worship as we sing this song together.